Are you struggling to reach your goals? Trying to stay disciplined and keep grinding? Would you like to find that sweet spot between getting the results you want in life and the feeling that when you go to bed in the evening, that was the perfect day on earth? Today I speak with Alex Hein, a YouTuber known for his channel Modern Health Monk. He teaches people how to be healthier, lose weight and develop habits that help them to become a better version of themselves and succeed in their goals. He's the author of the number one Amazon bestseller Master the Day. He has a doctor degree and he specialized in acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview. You're watching or listening to Business Podcast Groningen. My name is Misha Bush, and today I'm speaking to Alex Hein. Alex, thank you for being here and talking to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so how are you at the moment? How are things uh, with the lockdown, the coronavirus lockdown in your place? You know, it's decent. We're still totally locked down. I mean, we, um, you know, like where I am in the Western US, they have this kind of, they're rolling out this gradual process. And the area where I live, they didn't even start rolling out the opening. So okay. it's still uh, still quarantine life. But the good thing is it's where I live is a lot of greenery and nice forests. And then, so I'm just yeah. trying to spend a lot of time working and reflecting and walking in nature and taking a lot of time to just reflect. Good. And does the weather also support that? You have some good sunshine going on? Unfortunately, no. Very cloudy every day. But, oh. uh, you know, it, I think the sunshine's coming next week. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's pray for that. Yeah. Um, so before we get into talking about, because uh, I would really like to talk to you about what entrepreneurs can do to get through the COVID-19 uh, crisis successfully and especially using the habits and the success tools that you have developed and that you teach. Um, but before that, I would like to uh, quickly talk a little bit about you and your background. Um you have built up a huge social media following and, and YouTube following, especially with hundreds of thousands of people looking at you as an example and for, for guidance on being healthier, how to lose weight, how to use habits to reach their goals. Um, uh, how did you start as a YouTuber and how did Modern Health Monk come into, come into existence? So starting as a YouTuber was actually an accident. Um, I had been writing like wellness and health articles on modernhealthmonk.com, the website. So I'd already completely quit my job after about two, three years of writing on that website. Mm -hmm. And I was just getting so bored of writing the same content. Like personal growth is much more my passion and not really like fitness and weight loss and stuff. So right. I was writing all these articles on fitness, weight loss, and I was helping people that wanted to learn that. But I felt like my passion was I really wanted to talk about you know, the big picture of life. I really wanted to talk about self-growth and purpose and meaning and how to really change your life, not just in terms of weight loss, but in terms of the other parts too, you know, because for some people, the pain is all in the finance, you know, piece of their life or the pain is all in the dating and love part. So right. I wanted to be able to understand or create a brand where it helped people with all of those things, like with one core philosophy. So after about a couple of years, I got so exhausted writing these articles and I'm like, I need a new project. I need a new project. And I was like, let me just shoot a YouTube video. Cause I had like, you know, if you go on my channel, there's like probably 10 videos from maybe like six years ago, but I didn't start YouTube until only three years ago. Yeah. So those videos were just like, Hey, welcome to my blog. Or like if I wrote an article on something, I, I shot a video to embed in the article. So YouTube, I never had like a plan for YouTube. And so I was like, let me just do a 21 day habit challenge for my audience. 
and it'll be a mixture of fitness and a mixture of life habits. And so I just shot one video every day, 21 days. I put it all on this article on my website and it got like 80 or 90 comments on the blog article. I mean, it just, the, the people wow. on my email list, they loved it. And I was like, shooting these videos is way easier than writing articles. So yeah. I just started shooting a video a week. And then, you know, after a certain period of time, I think I had 10,000 subscribers on YouTube and I don't like, I don't follow anyone on YouTube. So I didn't watch YouTube at the time. So I didn't know what's a lot, what's a little. And I went to, at that time, my girlfriend's house and her little cousin was over and he was like eight, seven years old. And he's like, dude, you have 10,000 subscribers. You're famous. <laughs> and I'm like, is that, is that a lot? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I didn't, you know, I had no idea about what I was doing. Right. And then I was like, okay, let me just start cre- you know, uploading some creative videos. And so I uploaded this video called the three second rule. Like when you feel lazy and I, it was like a comedy basically. And it was like, I'm eating a bowl of cereal and then the timer goes off and I just hit the bowl of cereal and it explodes against the wall. And I activated the ads on YouTube like one week after that. And then that video went viral like oh. in two days by <laughs> yeah. pure luck, pure coincidence. And so I went from YouTube, you know, making zero dollars in my business to like a 2000 a month AdSense check, like in, in three weeks. And of course it went away, but just that I was like, what just happened? Like, yeah. you know, so that's when I was like, let me just try this. And I found it a lot more fun than writing articles. Yeah, yeah. And you, you describe it as you made the videos pretty quickly. Is it still like that to, to record them, edit them, or is there more work involved right now? Yeah, there's a lot more work, but now I have people that work for me. So like for me, my main mantra is like each week is how can I improve it, yeah. right? So what uh, just a little bit better, either my presentation and my, my ability to teach or the actual editing and video production style. And so, you know, at first it was just, my head, my talking head on camera. And then it was like, okay, I should script this so that it's interesting and they remember stories and it's not just teaching. And then it was like, okay, let's, let me try editing a video and see what ways to edit and then get a good camera and all these things. So these days it's pretty quick. So after I script, I sit down and it takes me probably 30 minutes to shoot two videos. And then it just goes to the video editor and then that's, and then, you know, the thumbnails and that's it. Yeah, nice. That's uh, nice to scale up like that and, and not have to do everything yourself anymore. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I also know that you uh, you went to China at some point uh, already quite a, a long time ago. You, you went again uh, in, in the meantime also, but you really had the goal to become a monk when you went there, uh, I think it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, where, where in China did you go? So I was living in Beijing, so up north in the capital there. Okay. Yeah. And you just went to a temple in the city? No, believe it or not. So I just booked a one-way ticket and I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I took, uh, after my job, I was a high school like teaching assistant uh-huh. and I just came home for a few hours and went to a Chinese class for like three months before. And then I actually enrolled at a Chinese language school because I, I couldn't get an apartment because I didn't speak Chinese enough. So I, I went to a language speaking school just so I could meet other students and things like that. And then that's how I met like a Kung Fu teacher, Tai Chi teacher I wanted to study with and, and that kind of thing. But cool. ultimately realized, I don't think I would be very happy with monk life. 
<laughs> no, I can imagine that's a huge difference with, with the life you have today. Right. So, so what formed the basis of what you teach today and also uh, how you developed uh, the book Master the Day? I think the big thing is everybody is looking for a big secret. And when you talk to successful people in every field, every part, domain and part of life, they never say there's a big secret. And then, so it makes you wonder if there's no big secret to success, to being happy, to finding love. So what is it? And in my observation of just life, it really is the little things that we forget to pay attention to. And that should be good news to people because that means change is easier than we think. Because if we want to find that person we want to date or get healthier or build a business, the real question is not like, what's the thing to find? Like, I need the right information. I need the right guru. The real question is, what do I have to change about my habits every day? Right. And that is very practical. You know, just by saying like, what one habit do I have to change daily to get the different results in this part of my life is completely revolutionary for most people because we're looking for something magical and mystical or something more difficult. Right. And so I tried my best to illustrate in that book that it's really the power of the little things over time that can get you to where you want to be or lets life slip away from where you want to be. And I kind of showed how I did that with my own fitness. I did that with YouTube. I did that with writing multiple books. I did that with all these things. Like you can achieve a lot more things than you think by changing little things daily rather than yeah. these big, you know, silver bullets. Right. And it also sounds like you take a lot of ownership of the outcome of your life and your the things you do in it. Have you always been like that? Like when you were a kid or growing up? Or is this something at some point you started to like switch and say, hey, I'm going to change in this and this way? No, I wasn't like that as a kid. I think uh, as a kid, I was like very intellectual, like in my head, but I never was a doer. You know, I never did anything. So like mm -hmm. I knew all this stuff and I would think I knew what it took to be like a successful entrepreneur or like date his dream girl or book a one way ticket to China. But that was like that's the most dangerous kind of uh, like arrogance because you don't really know it. You just, you don't know it from practice. You don't know yeah. it from living it. Right. And so for me, the big thing, and I think this is common for people is in a world where we all have information, the hard thing is to become a doer. Exactly. And you, you spoke about um, like having different habits that you have to develop in different stages of your life. What are one or two things that you are working on right now and, and try to go to your next level from where you are uh, right now? Yeah. So for me, you know, right now, one of the things that happened to me was, so after working for so many years and in about five weeks, I'm graduating with my doctorate also in Chinese medicine. And I was doing this medical program and running my business. And I just totally burned myself out, like not just mentally, but like health problems. Right. Couldn't sleep for a year, you know, anxiety. So now I'm at the like the tail end of my healing. And so for me, it's my current next level is being able to recognize those little things when they're building, when they're yeah. just a seed now. And I think this is very common for entrepreneurs. Almost every entrepreneur I know has, has like they've pushed it too hard at one point and then they have to learn that lesson before finding the sweet spot. Right. Um, so the first thing for me is really paying attention to how my body feels when I'm working during the day spending more time going for walks outside, breaking up my workday. But the other thing is, you know, is not so sexy, but I think is really important. And it's making sure I prioritize like uh, friends and connection 
over my work. I'm good at doing that when I'm in a relationship because, you know, if I'm dating a new girl, I'm obviously very excited, something new in my life. But understanding that it's like your family and your friends and your community, whatever it is, that really protects you when things get hard in life. It's not business. It's not work ethic. It's not going to the gym. It's not meditation. It's really your tribe of people. And like since ancient times in human culture, that's been the way that you can uh, kind of like hold your life together when things get really hard. So, you know, it's not sexy, but for me, my biggest thing is really focusing on building stronger social ties. Right. You're also very big on, uh, well, you've gone very deep on spirituality. Let's, let's put it that way. And yeah. meditation. Um, you talk about entrepreneurship that you can kind of go too much into that, uh, hardworking and, and, and trying to chase after that. Um, how do you, because a lot of entrepreneurs, I guess, when they're trying to achieve their goals, there's, there's a lot of thinking of so much doing in that, that you, it's, it creates a certain momentum and you can't just turn that off because there's just so much that you need to do during a day to, to reach your goals, especially in the beginning when you're trying to get something going. Yeah. Um, how do you balance that out uh, with still getting the momentum in uh, accomplishing things without having so much momentum in your thoughts that you can't switch them off anymore and they kind of uh, calm down uh, again afterwards? Yeah, I think two big things that I, I can reflect back on. The first one is making sure that you do have like a good workout routine. Because for me, I always went to the gym at the end of the day. So never in the morning, never at lunchtime, always at like six o'clock. Because I find that no matter how stressful my day is, the gym is like the purge button. Right. Just like clears emotions, clears stress, clears my brain. The second thing I think is a lot of entrepreneurs, especially at the beginning, don't know what's most important to grow the business. Right. And so we end up doing a hundred things because we don't actually know that there's only 10 of those things that yes. really are important. And so a really good book here that could help us called the one thing. And it talks about how, you know, you may have, you may think you need social media, you need YouTube, you need email, you need whatever Instagram, but really you only need usually less than three things. And I think the big challenge for most entrepreneurs is to do less by trying to figure out what are those three things. And you can easily track it. Like as an entrepreneur, whether or not you like it, your goal has to be kind of revenue because if no income is coming in, you're not, you don't have a business. So if you know where your income comes from, what one source, two sources, three sources, and then you know the main, like the main rivers that feed those sources, and then you can only do those things that usually you could cut your work day in half. So that's one thing. And the second thing is, I do this exercise whenever I end up doing too much of my business where for a week I cut my work hours in half and I see if I can get the exact same result. So if I was working nine hours, I work four and a half. If I was working four and a half, I work two hours and a quarter Mm. and I see if I can get the same result. And the crazy thing is every single time I can get the exact same results. So like it makes you wonder like what the hell was I doing? you know, doing doing all this extra. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) I've never even worked a nine hour day in my business, uh, you know, because I had a full-time job for two and a half, three years. Yeah. And then I was only, I just quit my job like three months before doing a medical program. So it's like, I've never worked a full day in my business, not even once. So if people think they have to work nine hours to even have a six figure business, that's not true. Right. You could definitely do it in six maximum. So I love doing this challenge where it's you cut your hours in half, try to get the same result. And then it really makes you think what's important. And ultimately as an entrepreneur, 
it's really hard to disconnect from work if you have no life outside of work. And I had like, I think that's very common. Like we just work all day because it's like the work is never done. All these ideas going. Yeah. So I found that the, it's even more important for an entrepreneur to have some kind of work-life balance, quote, however they think of that. So maybe it's six o'clock, done. Like you go to the gym, you get dinner with the person you're dating or married to, you, you go to evening salsa class or you go to a movie. Like really having a life outside of your business is 10 times more important for entrepreneur balance, for just for, for health and for being productive. Right. Well, this is a very important message for me also because I can totally relate with what you're talking about trying to do everything instead of focusing on the, let's say the three main things to, uh, to make it effective. Yeah. Now I know, uh, meditation is a big thing for you also. Um, what has meditation brought you and how has that changed during your life? So for me, the big one that I've gotten into is Qigong, which is kind of like, um, think about really intense breathing exercises mixed with like yoga, like movements. Mm -hmm. And the thing for me is that it's just, you know, it's easy to get amped up. Like my actual personality, like my genetics are someone who like, who likes working a lot. Like I have a lot of energy usually, and I need to like blow off steam and it's harder for me to come down than it is to like get motivated. Right. Some people are the opposite. And so for me, it's really important to like not drink coffee and to find other ways to come down. But I think the, the even bigger benefit is just really uh, the self-awareness that comes from being able to watch yourself in scenarios like with friends or let's say you're dating someone and you always have this experience where you're always reacting or getting into a fight over the same thing. Most people, they'll do that forever until they die because they don't take the time or the, or have the self-awareness yet to realize like, huh, why did I do that? Like, Oh, when my girlfriend says, you know, Oh, you didn't finish your meal again. Why does it bother me? Like I, I, you know, like, why do I get angry about that? When she keeps saying that over and over, I should just be like, well, I'm not hungry and I can put the food away. But like these kind of little silly arguments, they start going away when you meditate because you start, you feel like that little seed in your chest of like, I'm starting to get agitated or I'm starting to get sad. Or I'm starting to get frustrated. And then you can spot those connections much sooner. And did that change? Because you've been doing it for a long time. Like if you talk 15 years ago, did that change a lot compared to today? The, the level that you are at with that? Yeah, well, believe it or not, I wasn't a long-term meditator. I've only like really in the last maybe three years really done it consistently. Okay. Um, like when I left China, my big thing was I realized I was more into martial arts than meditation. And now recently I've realized I'm more into medicine than I am into martial arts. So okay. it's, it's always evolving. But for me, like really religiously doing it every day has only been about probably two years. Yeah. And it definitely has changed because I emphasize more Qigong because I've noticed if I am stressed or tired or I don't sleep well, just the really intense breathing is incredibly energizing. Like it feels almost as energizing as a nap. And I don't notice that just from seated quiet meditation. Cool. What martial arts uh, did you or do you practice, by the way? Yeah. So when I was in China, before I did um, Bagua, mm -hmm. it's like a Chinese internal martial art. And then I did a style called Chen style Tai Chi. And then when I came back, I did judo for a few years. Okay, cool. Yeah. I interviewed yeah. Jimmy Pedro last week. Uh, maybe you know oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would also really like to talk about um, 
not COVID itself, but but maybe from a more positive perspective, how people can get through that. Uh, entrepreneurs worldwide have been hit by the uh, by the lockdown, especially. And some companies are actually doing really well because of it. Certain e-commerce businesses, for example, but a lot of them, of course, are losing revenue, having to lay off people. Um, what would you say to people that are scared right now of losing their business, losing their job, uh, scared to lose money or losing what they have built over years? It's a good question. I think for a lot of people, a lot of small businesses, this is going to probably be catastrophic. You know, even like the little local coffee shop I go to, I don't know if they can afford to reopen after three months, right. still paying rent, no customers. And I think I'd remind people that their ultimate security is not from their business and it's not from their income. Their ultimate security is from their own mind because their mind produced that business, yeah. right? So in the same way, human ingenuity can create new innovations, uh, in this exact crisis, there's going to be new billion dollar companies being built. And every single time there's like some kind of recession or some kind of setback, there's always new opportunities. So whether the opportunity means a new part of your business or whether it means um, a new business altogether, if your business does fail and go under, goes bankrupt, just reminding yourself that, you know, it's easy to just hold on tighter when the business is going under. Like I need the money. How am I going to pay my bills? I've got kids. But reminding yourself that you built a business once, you have the skills and the mindset to do it again if you need to. And I know that's probably not going to, that's not going to solve all your problems and your anxiety. Of course not. But uh, at the end of the day, there's always, you know, like Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, in every one of these problems, there's the seed of an equal or greater opportunity. And I think if people don't even believe that, just look back through your life at the hard times and see the things, the good things that have come out of it. Right, absolutely. And and what are some practical habits that people can develop uh, to deal with with the anxiety, with or with more practical problems that might arise? I think the big thing is taking like so. Let's say let's look at the context right now. We're in quarantine. I think the big thing is if you can, just go for an hour walk every day, where there's trees. Ideally, just go for an hour walk. Don't bring a podcast. No phone. Just literally go. Like my schedule now is. An hour of meditation a day, I, beginning and the end of the day, I make sure I go for a one-hour walk in nature every single day, even if it's cloudy and pouring rain and ugly. I make sure, even if I'm not sleeping well, I still do my workout every other day. So figuring out what is, what's going to be your core daily ritual. And I would say a lot of people are not using the time to, like, to reflect, go for walks, connect with old friends. Like, FaceTime two old friends, you know, like call friends, hit people up on Facebook, use the time to connect. Um, there are a lot of other ways yeah. to go about it than we might have done previously. Right. And and do you see that in in uh, other successful people as well, that they that that's what differentiates them from, uh, well, people that kind of stay in that negative negativity and don't take the opportunity that we get here uh, with the extra time on our hands? Yeah, I think, you know, fundamentally what we're learning right now, especially like there's going to be obviously a baby boom after COVID, but there's also going to be a <laughs> yeah. massive divorce boom, massive right. divorces, tons of breakups. I already know like people in five, seven year relationships ending. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like right now when people need that support the most, but what we're seeing is really that growth mindset or the fixed mindset, like of Carol Dweck's research, which is that some people and anyone can become either one. But one mindset is 
with these challenges, I'm going to figure out how I can improve. And I believe I can improve. I believe I can do something different and it's going to have a different effect. Other people are like, this sucks. I'm just, you know, I'm going to sleep in. I'm not going to go to the gym because I don't feel well. I'm not seeing anybody. I can't go to my work or I don't see my coworkers or I can't see friends. And they're not doing anything constructive about it. They're not using it um, the time productively. They're using it instead of as, you know, a lot of people think of it as vacation on some level. I've got all this time. I can sleep in. But a lot of those people are not doing the best internally. You know, the people I know that are doing the best internally, still waking up every day at the same time, whether it's 5 a.m. or 9 a.m., like keeping that discipline, disciplined about what they eat and diet and just trying to find the best of it. And I think that's the ultimate success principle. The reason why success is so hard to emulate is because at the end of the day, all the little tactics, they don't really matter because everybody's success story is so different. And you can do the same thing as another person, even copy their whole business and it won't work because there's all so many mysterious factors. But the one factor you can control is I'm going to make the best of this and figure it out. So I'm going to make the best of this and figure it out. I'm sleeping the worst I've slept in like nine months. So what am I going to do? Like, I don't even know why it's happening. I don't feel anxious. I don't feel depressed. So I have to do the best I can, which is I'm going to get up every day. I did Qigong 35 minutes right before this. I'm going to take my walk, even though I'm super tired today. And then I'm going to try to, you know, go to bed earlier tonight and read a book. And, you know, it's just, you have to do the best you can. And the, the worse you feel, unfortunately, the more you have to fight it the more you cannot listen to that voice that wants you to just, you know, lay in couch, lay in the couch and not connect with anyone and not, not do something different because that'll definitely keep you stuck. Right. Yeah. And you, you mentioned getting up early a couple of times. You, you hear that over and over again from successful people, entrepreneurs or athletes. I think it's only random, very seldomly that you hear somebody that really made it that sleeps in i think i heard elon musk saying the other day he sleeps until eight or something but usually people get up at three four five a.m what's because for most ordinary people that's a huge task right to get up that early and especially do it doing it day after day month after month year after year what what are the main well maybe i can't say secrets but what's the what are the main tactics or habits that that you can develop in order to to get that done to really do it Well, I'll give you two things. One thing you probably won't like, which is that I actually don't think getting up early is that important. I think it's more about what you do while you're awake. And I think the reason why a lot of successful people do get up early is is both a business advantage. Like if you're in the Pacific, you know, uh, I'm on the West Coast. If I wake up at five, then it's 8 a.m. in New York City. So there's like a business negotiation advantage. So you can have more business hours. Yeah. But there's also a lot of successful people are just very competitive. And they like thinking, if I'm up earlier, I'm going to have more success because I'm starting first. Yeah, and it's yeah. not necessarily true. So I would say it's more about what you get done when you're awake. Um, you know, a lot of the business world just, it highlights a lot of those case studies of people that get up early because they like reinforcing that narrative of like, you know, rise and grind. But I would say if that's something you want to do, what I've when I've done that, the big thing is really finding a strong reason to do it and finding accountability. So if like, if you have to show up your job at 6am, you're going to get up at 5am or 430, whatever. But if you don't have to, then it's like, am I going to really get up at 5am? Probably not. So 
for each person, it's going to be different. You need to find out what, what, you know, functions as accountability for you. Maybe you have a morning routine where it's like, you look at a picture of your kids and you're like, I never want to be in this situation again. I'm going to do it for my kids. So I would say if you can find some kind of emotional anchor, uh, that would be really helpful. And then it's just, it's going to be hard. Right. I personally really like to get up early because it's so quiet. Like if you walk the streets or anything, you do your emails, there's not new ones popping in all the time. It's just just quiet and you can really focus yeah. uh, well, on whatever, something personal or work. A um, lot of people say that. Yeah, the quiet time. Right. Yeah. Well, we touched on that a little bit before, um, but besides a time of fear during COVID, uh, you already mentioned there's actually a lot of opportunity right now. Um, and it's also a time that people have, have some space to reflect on the purpose in their life and the purpose that they give to the things that they do. Uh, what do you think about finding your purpose during times like these? And what method would you recommend to other people? So usually for me, you know, I recently uploaded this video on, I think it's called the 390 method of finding your life purpose. And I'm really a big advocate of, of not trying to like philosophize and find a purpose, but rather try as many opportunities as you can, as quickly as you can, or even finding people in those fields or domains of expertise and just asking to buy them coffee, go on a coffee date, ask for a five minute phone call, and then kind of going with your gut and seeing if that still feels like something that's interesting to you. But in these times, on some level, obviously you can't really see people most of the time, but you can reach out to them online. And I still think you could use the same method where let's say you've thought that you want to be a travel blogger, a tech entrepreneur, a doctor, an architect. So I would find a list of those people either online or in your local town and just actually call each one or email each one and say, hey, I'm really thinking of this field. It, it seems like something I could be passionate about. Um, do you have five minutes where we could talk? And I think that, you know, that kind of thing, it goes much further than trying to think through or navel gaze and try to find your purpose. But I would say the other thing right now that's underrated is just uh, using the time for journaling, like really intensely spending time each day, just journaling about everything in life, reflecting as far back as you want or as far forward as you want. And just having that written record of, uh, you know, how did I live my last five years and do I want the next five years to look like this? That makes a lot of sense. What what would you say for a person that um, doesn't necessarily have so many, at least hasn't manifested any interest? Like they they just say, oh, I, I like to just do my work and pay the bills. And then for the rest, I just like to sit on the couch, drink beer, watch Netflix. Do you think there's just something that they still need to develop in order to explore their purpose? Or are people just different? I think, yeah, I think people are different. I I I can't. I have a hard time believing that people can be happy doing that, but I know I'm different from most people. So maybe some people are content. Like maybe some people really like, they think their job's okay. Come home, have a few beers with friends, sit down with their partner or husband, wife, and then watch a show and they can do that their whole life. If you're happy doing that, then great. Keep doing it. You know, yeah. if that's the life you want. Then don't change anything. Don't listen to me. Um, but I think just, You know, it's surprising how few people think. Like, just actually think. A lot of the time, we get all our cues about what to do in life from the external world, even entrepreneurs. Like, 
look at all the videos on YouTube about what entrepreneurs should do, what habits they do. Right. Okay. A lot of them are true, but a ton of, a ton of entrepreneurs do not do any of those habits. You know, I know so many entrepreneurs, the majority of millionaires I know, I don't think are that, that smart. Like really, like, I'm like, this is not a very intelligent person. And I don't see them work that hard. Like they work hard, probably like 55, 60 hours a week, but they're not that special. And so it's like, there's all these things that we think are required. And I think, you know, it's, it's just, we have to challenge those assumptions. So I think the big thing though, is coming back to the question is to really think about what you want and really to think if what you're doing is going to get you there because the number of people I've spoken to that are in their third, uh, let's say late thirties, forties, especially fifties. And they wake up one day and they're like, how the hell did I get here? Like almost none of this is what I want. Like, okay, I have a family, I have a job, but I don't like, what, how did I get here? It's like a great mystery, but they did everything. They took every step. Right. And it's this big dilemma when you're not consciously thinking about where you want to go in life, you end up just going somewhere else. And I think that would be the biggest thing is to take time to actively think, where do I want to be? And then are the daily habits going to actually get me there? And not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people think. Yeah. And I guess it takes a certain level of awareness to be able to take the step back and reflect on that. Yeah, definitely. What what would you say entrepreneurs can do uh, at times like these, not to just develop habits or, or implement habits to get better out of it themselves, but also to help their team, help their customers and kind of lead them away from negativity and, and, and towards a better state of mind? I think the big thing is just focus on contribution. You know, obviously a lot of entrepreneurs are worried about revenue now, but it might be a good time to do a hard pivot and think about like, what are the coolest things we can do for our customers? What are the best things? How can we over deliver? Maybe we don't do anything to generate more revenue that we're already doing beyond that. And we just write our customers, like our top 500 customers. We write them like a letter, like literally a handwritten letter. Like everyone on the team is writing a letter, just something like that. You know, those kind of things that don't scale are highly underrated in entrepreneurship. Right. Because it's, you know, entrepreneurs have a hard time not doing things that generate revenue because that's like the lifeblood of a business. But sometimes when you do the things just for the customers, it explodes your business revenue. So I would say if you want to do like a real unique thing now, spend each day thinking about ideas for how can we help the customer more because they're also suffering and not doing well. And what cool things can we do for our customers just to add value and make our business more useful to them? Because I mean, that, that is ultimate security in business, you know, like, when you're irreplaceable to your customers, they, they'll be around. Is there anything special you are doing at the moment uh, to surprise your customers? Yeah. You know, I had um, a few months back, I had people share their life story with me and I basically just picked the hardest stories I ever heard. And I wrote them a handwritten letter. Wow. And so those I recently sent out like wax sealed with letter A and that kind of thing. Um, and then recently what I started doing was I offered these free Instagram speed coaching. So I offered these free 20 minute coaching calls and I think I booked like over 50 of them. So like I said, uh, free 20 minute Instagram speed coaching. We'll get on, uh, we'll get on Uber conference and chat. We can talk about anything. Um, 
And at first I just booked like five or 10 people. And I was like, let me just, anyone who wants to do it, let me talk. Wow. And, uh, and so I literally like, I got like 50 DMS back in like 12 hours and I just had every single one book a call with me. So I've been doing that for the last like six weeks. Oh man, that's amazing. It must've changed your life. Uh, and also give you some great feedback as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just nice to, you know, I have the same problems as most business owners. It's hard for me not to do things that are, are linked to revenue, but the things not linked to revenue, like those calls are so fulfilling, you know, like right. it helps people so much. It's so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, let's talk a little bit about the future. Um, maybe you already achieved all of them, but what are your biggest life goals and, and, or do they keep changing, uh, year after year? Yeah, they definitely keep changing. Um, in terms of just general life goals, my goal for the next year is to really build the, the strongest friend group I've ever had to find the wifey. <laughs> that's, a good uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and so really to set the stage for, you know, a family in the next few years. Um, the other one is I'm going to open a private medical practice. So again, like every, every few years, my goals evolve. So I'm going to start seeing patients Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays in my medical clinic. And then Monday, Friday, keep building out the channel uh, and keep building out the, like keep both keep building out the channel and also keep building out other aspects of the business. So um, writing new books, my doctoral work was studying spontaneous cancer remissions. So I have an interesting book that's going to come out on that probably in the next few years. Wow. Um, and then really setting the stage to build my team. So I really want to build like, you know, think about what is my empire or my legacy and um, to figure out hiring my first real employees that work for me, work with me and to really start thinking at a much higher level. So that's really what's exciting me now. Um, yeah. I'm also going to be, you know, in terms of other life goals, I'm going to spend all of September walking the Camino de Santiago in Spain. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little pilgrimage route for five, maybe four or five weeks. Um, Where are you going to start? I think Southern France. I think I'm yeah. going to do the Camino Francais. Um, cool. uh, go, go through the mountains, the Pyrenees. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, that's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And yeah. I definitely need a break after, after this doctoral program with my business. Oh yeah. I um, can totally imagine. So I'm really looking forward to that. But otherwise in terms of, yeah, business just, you know, really because I'm in, I'm in Portland, Oregon now and I'm moving to LA uh, because I have friends in LA and I have family there. Uh, and it's way more sunny than Portland, Oregon, which is raining all the time. And I'm really, because LA has such like a big entertainment industry, I'm looking forward to hiring like video people that can really take it to the next level. So maybe new content like skits, like even just comedies just for fun. Yeah. Um, like just educational stuff, but I can just throw in, make it more, more entertaining. I think would be, it'd be more fun for me to shoot. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And things like that. I would love to do a retreat, like a retreat in Hawaii where we have people for five days or a week. And it's a mixture of self growth and meditation and mystical. So I have all these things that are going to happen in the next five years. But if I'm being honest, I'm most excited about really trying to build my strongest friend group and community, my tribe and, uh, and starting dating again, once my program's over, like, honestly, those are, those are the two things exciting me the most, but yeah. lots of new business things coming up. Yeah. That sounds very exciting. And, and looking forward to see those things develop. Uh, if you sh show them on the channel 
you you talk about finding finding the wife. Yeah. Um, most people, I think, well, now, of course, in, uh, re- more recent years, there's Tinder and, but most people kind of go through that as in stumbling on the right person, the one kind of accidentally or just something yeah. that happens. But, uh, looking at your background and, 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 uh, how you approach other aspects in life, how do you approach that? Is it something you go through very systematically and organized or how does that look? Yeah, a little bit of both. So, I mean, my philosophy is, you know, just like Jim Rohn says, you attract success by the person you become. That's always been my philosophy, especially with dating. When I, when I first thought about that 10 years ago, before I ever knew this guy, Jim Rohn, when I heard that quote, I was like, that's genius. Because in dating, it's the same thing. You know, like my first real girlfriend was, I was 25. Like I was just like such a quiet, introverted, nerdy kid. I never went out. Like I was always the guy getting friend zoned, rejected my, like my whole life, 25 years, man. Yeah. A lot of suffering. (laughs) I was like, so hurt by it. And I was like, so obviously what I'm doing is not working. So I did the exact opposite. I was like, I'm going to put together on a piece of paper, the guy that I most admire, like, what would I look like? Like finances, my personality, my, if I'm fun or interesting travel, all these things, like who would I respect? And I just started becoming that guy. Like I really started trying to live the most interesting life to me. And I got fitter. Um, I changed, I improved my style. I learned how to be a better conversationalist, not just with women, but just in any room with Dale Carnegie and that kind of thing. Um, And so for me, it's always been about if you're not, if you're single or if you're not dating, the most important thing you should be doing is working on yourself. And those things that, you know, there's usually things that are really not going well that are difficult. Like some people struggle with finances or their weight, but there are other things that are like, maybe I'm not even going out. Like maybe I'm not even talking to any women in a bookstore or in a coffee shop and that has to change. So on one side, it's what things do I still have to work on to attract what I think is my dream girl. And the other thing is the actual daily habits. So the daily habits that it's kind of crazy. Every girl I've actually met has been through weird coincidence. I guess that's, you know, the kind of magic of life. But beyond that is the external habit, right? So it's like entrepreneur, change, improve your character to learn the success traits and thinking. The other half is the daily habits as an entrepreneur. It, for dating, it's what traits do I have to improve on myself? And then what are my daily rituals? Maybe my daily rituals as simple as I'm going to have one coffee meeting every day with someone to build a big you know, social network. And I'm going to just go to more events, go to one class like salsa or bachata every week. And that's how I view it in terms of internal and external. Cool. Yeah. And and as somebody who um, uh, has gone so deep into, well, let's say the meaning of life and and, and kind of consciousness and awareness, how do you um, view, because I'm very interested in that, how do you view Achieving those goals, what will that bring you? And how will you, how will you experience feeling about that? You mean like just in general life goals or? Yeah. So the, the, the getting the girl, um, uh, growing the business, uh, building that, uh, that uh, strong friend zone, uh, friend, uh, friend group. Yeah. So I've realized that there's a saying by Cervantes, this old, uh, author, I think he was Spanish. And he said, the road is safer than the inn. 
And I think it's a reference in ancient times to where you could have been like actually killed in like an inn or like an old you know, hotel mm-hmm. in ancient times. Yeah. But the idea is that most humans are happier on the pursuit than they are when they get the thing they think they want. And, you know, you can have your highest business success. Your book is the New York times bestseller. You get the dream girl, whatever it is, but really like if you're not happy in the day to day process, you'll never like the goal. And a lot of the days building my business were not happy days. And that was a big wake up call because it was stressful. I had a full-time job. I had to work all these extra hours. I didn't want to work. And so my, I'm trying to move away from goal-based achievement because I find that it doesn't really make me that happy. And so part of YouTube was, well, what kind of business do I love to work on daily? That's like my new question. Yeah. Because it's interesting. You can often have greater success without a goal than you can with the goal. It's hard to believe, but like if you focus on writing the best book and doing the best marketing for the book and not even worrying about if it's a New York times bestseller, you can often get that. If you focus on becoming the best person and then just being like a super friendly, outgoing, happy guy, you're probably going to attract the dream girl at some point without even thinking about it. You're just like, you're in your life doing your thing and she just shows up. If you are super passionate about your work as an entrepreneur and you're always trying to become a master and get better, you're going to probably have the success you want, even if you stop setting those goals. Right. So I've learned that goals almost never make me happy unless I really enjoy working on them. So that's really my, my focus is I've removed everything I don't like in my business and other people help me do that. And going forward, it's, I want every day to be a 10 out of 10 in terms of if I feel excited about it, that really is my primary goal in my work life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, everybody should try to try to go for that, I guess. Um, and what would you say is the the split between uh, when it comes to happiness, uh, genetics? Some people, I sometimes feel, are just happy just by I don't know the way they are wired or something. And and of course, on the other hand, there's a lot of habits that you can learn and develop to also be more balanced and work your life into something better and feel more happy about it. How would you say are those things balanced out? It's probably a mixture, you know. I think a lot of the researchers suggest that it's a piece genetic and a piece um, our habits, but I think that's almost everything, right? Like almost everything in life is one piece nature, one part, uh, one piece nurture. Sure. Yeah. Uh, even like fitness and your physical body type, uh, personality, you know. So it's it's like all these things. It's you just do the best you can with what you have. Everybody starts somewhere else, and you just have to accept that's what it is. Right. Yeah. And if there's one habit that people could master in order to become more happy, what would you recommend? Strong social ties. Definitely. Become closer to your family, spend more time with your family, unless they're, they have problems. Um, build friendships, make your life priorities completely around family, friends, community, culture. I mean, all the research we've seen on the happiest people. I've got this book that's, Oh, I thought I had it right here. It's um, it's this book by a Harvard researcher who studied men through their their whole life. Okay. And he found that the main predictor of their happiness was purely, he said, love full stop. But what he meant was social ties, the, the frequency and the depth. So even a social, like a superficial interaction is going to make you happier than someone who has no interaction. So 
I would say love, hands down. Love, love's the key. Humans, humans and love. Yeah. Well, Alex, uh, thank you for, so much for sharing all your wisdom and, uh, and experience also with us today. Um, uh, so I want to thank you for, for being on the show today and uh, I wish you all the best coming out of the COVID-19 crisis. And I'm really looking forward also to, to see the developments that you talked about and the, the goals that you still have and, and see them on your channel. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be very interesting. And, you know, I'm trying to find the most fun path to success now. So that's my, my new mission. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, what an interview. If you like this video, please hit the like button so YouTube knows this was a good video and it will share it with more people and spread our message across the world. If you'd like to see more videos like this, subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on anything new coming up.